Mansplanation is a show about two men trying to break free from the prison of toxic masculinity. They offer no professional advice or suggestion. They will occasionally use adult language and will often discuss examples of violence and malicious behavior, so parental guidance is recommended. I have not posted on Facebook in probably two years. I'll, I'll go on, I'll like. Sure. I might reply to something, but yeah, no, no, I'm done with that. Uh, why? Why? Why are you done with it? Why are you done with using it? Uh, sex offenders. Uh, well, Welcome to Mansplanation, a conversation between me and you, Todd and Tim. Tim and Todd. Not between you, the audience, though you are welcome to join somehow. Mm-hmm. Not. You're welcome to correct us, yell at us, um, slander us, whatever. Via email or Twitter. Those are the ways. We don't need more ways than that. That's plenty of ways right there. Tw- Twitter is enough, right? Like being yelled at, mm-hmm. at on Twitter. Twitter is for that. I think. Man, I haven't been on Twitter. <laughs> I would say in close to 10 years. I have a Twitter account, uh, and mine is so old that I was trending during the G20 when it was in Pittsburgh. There were that few people on it, and for some reason I was considered a source of information because I was putting out uh, updates on what was going on with the protests and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's fun. It's been that long. That's fun. Yeah. I'm I'm on it again. I probably check it like once or twice a week just for podcasting. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have several Twitter accounts. I have many Twitter accounts. I just keep making them. That does not surprise me. <laughs> I don't use any of them. You have several Instagram accounts too, don't you? Uh, I have two active ones. Okay. I, I have, have a couple burners, throwaways. I have more than one for my cats. Because I keep forgetting the password, and instead of mm-hmm. resetting all that, it's just easier to make, just make another one. Right. So Twitter is sponsoring us today. That's great. That's great. I expect to get a lot of money from this. They really need it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not enough people have heard of Twitter. Thank well, God. This podcast is going to help them out with that. I mean, not, people use Twitter, but they don't like Twitter. I think that, right? Like, it's the same thing with Facebook or... Yeah. A lot of the social media. What's, yeah, is there, is, is social media, is this the first thing that people are like, oh, this is a thing that I want to use and will use, but it's not a thing that I like? It feels like it's a thing that I have to use. Mm. I do not want a Facebook account anymore, but if I want to stay in contact with a couple people, I kind of have to. Yeah, but you've like shut your account down to make it hard for them to find you. Yeah, I did, but I, I'm. Yeah, I mean, if, if anybody wanted to find me, it's pretty easily findable and it's out there. But I just figure I'm not going to make give any more than I have to. And I, I told you about the firefighter that I was working with, right? Yeah, probably. Most likely, I don't. So I was. I work as a therapist. I work as a therapist for sex offenders, and I was working with one who was a firefighter in the area. And 
the one day he came in and he started talking about a lot of the, a lot of the sessions had been like very serious like these are the issues I'd like to work on these are my struggles and I gave him a lot of pushback which ultimately he thought he was making a lot more progress than I did so he wasn't happy about the pushback and then one day he he came in and he said you know what I remember I remember back in oh the 80s about 1981 or so going up to Beaver County and uh, doing the firefighter demonstration drills there man it was so great I remember specifically in about 1981 going to economy elementary bringing the fire trucks and all those first graders were so happy that we were there and they loved the fire hose and man the looks on those little boys and girls eyes was just amazing okay in the in 1981 I was in the first grade I went to economy elementary yeah he, he had he had basically taught he knew that this would be information that would get to me and uh, he got discharged shortly after that for reasons unrelated, but deserved. And uh, but that day, I, I really put some thought into it. It's like I don't think I like having a lot of information out on me out there. Uh, there's already too much, I think, on all of us. I think there's it's incredibly difficult to claw our personal privacy back. So I just figured I wasn't going to contribute to it any more than I can. So you don't, yeah, you don't do the social media, which Not is. Really, no. Which is helpful because that'll keep you uh, spoiler free. For, for <laughs> I'm a lurker though. I, I lurk on Reddit. I lurk on Facebook. I lurk on Instagram. So I mean, I st- if there's spoilers are on there, I'm probably gonna get spoiled. You use them the way most people. I feel like most people use them. Yeah. Um, the 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 good old eighty twenty rule, wherever that comes from. Eighty eighty percent of the people. No. Reverse it in this case. 20% of the people are producing 80% of the content. Definitely. 80% of the people are only consuming what's out there. And that includes just sharing, right? Just retweeting or hitting the share button, hitting that like and subscribe. And I, I would love to be a lot more involved in it, but right now I just don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Having your public face. That's why we keep this anonymous. That's why I, I anonymize your voice. Ooh. What do I sound like? I bet you I'm super you high pitched. S- you sound surprisingly like you do normally. Oh man, like an octave uh, or so off. See, this just proves that you don't listen to the show, which is nope. fine. Which is fine. Yeah, I already know a lot about me. <laughs> right, you don't have to. See. You you've done enough soul searching. Yeah, it's it's in there somewhere. I'm good. So so I, I had a conversation with my wife recently that kind of led me down a rabbit hole. Have you seen Captain Marvel yet? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my wife and I, we saw it. Where she's she's huge into the Marvel movies, and that's one thing that we definitely do. Mm-hmm. And so when we were coming out, I was of the opinion that it was a good movie. It was it was a good movie. She loved it. Mm-hmm. And so my wife is, as you can attest to, Tim, much much smarter than I am. Well, she is Captain Marvel. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So I said I, I thought it was good, but I thought it was heavy handed in points where kind of like the guy is a. Uh, um, cat calling her and she steals his motorcycle and stuff like that. And the scene about like when she's in the flashback, when she's in the bar and she's talking to uh, another member of the air force and he says, baby, that's why they call it a cockpit and stuff like that. I was right. like, yeah, that was fine. But I mean, they, they really beat you over the head. <laughs> and she said, I think first of all, that was probably about the first time I've seen that in this type of movie. And second of all, I'm going to guess that you missed about 10 of them. Yeah, right. That there was that there was more than that. That you're like those two examples. It, well, there, I mean, there there was more than just those two. I'm not going to list them all, but I said, well, tell you what, you're probably right. Can you give me an example? 
And there's a character in there called Minerva. Mm-hmm. And she is on the Kree's team. And mm-hmm. the only two women on that team are Minerva and Veers, Captain Marvel at uh-huh. that point. They don't get along. And then on the other side of that, mm-hmm. you have Carol Danvers and, uh, oh man, I forget her first name, but the other Air Force pilot, Rambo. Her, her wife. Yeah, you can call her her wife. I would call her a, a comrade, a good friend. My wife said it's kind of like an 80-20 rule with women too. If you take two women and you put them in a testosterone heavy environment where they are the only two that they can lead on 20% of the time. It's like, we have to look out for each other. I'm going to support you. Mm-hmm. You're going to support me. We're going to be better for this. And that was the first relationship. The second one is the much more common, like there can only be one of us that's going to get respected. So I'm going to spend my time tearing you down, making lo- right. you look terrible in front of the other men here. So therefore I can be praised and therefore right. I can have respect from them. It's something I'd never even really considered. But when I start looking to all the times uh, when I've worked in law enforcement, the women typically hate each other. None of them ever have each other's backs because it's a testosterone heavy environment. Because realistically, there can probably only be one woman who's worthy of some level of respect there, if any. What uh, what about testosterone makes it this the issue? Like, what what about testosterone makes this that like? The women can't be buddies. They have to tear each other down. I'm not saying specifically testosterone. I'm saying more about the environment where it's a bunch of guys that are alpha males, tough guys. Uh, They need to perform. They need to perform physically. Mm -hmm. Then this is typically the, if a woman wants to get into this line of work or get into this environment, these are the things that they have to contend with. Right. You're not, you're not my equal you're a sex partner. You're not my equal. You're a liability. You're not my equal. You're something that's probably going to get me killed or hurt or just cry or wash out or or whatever or whatever. Right. It's a competition and it's a competition between us all as individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Not trying to turn your words back on you. Like I have no place. I'm not really going anywhere with this, but sorry, like that's a common trope. The, the thing, all the things you've described are very common tropes um Mm -hmm. for the past 30 to 40 years that probably longer women can't be friends you know women in the workplace can't be friends and i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily say the workplace because i've definitely worked environments where it's it's equal men and women Uh, but in the times when i've worked in physical hard dangerous alpha male stereotypically jobs it's I think a big part of, portion of it is, I, as a man, I might be scared. I might. I'm gonna. So I'm just gonna cut you off. And th- I know you will, but go ahead. You just said you were experienced several times, and your workplace experience, and the testosterone environment of competition and women can't support each other is not just in places where male dom- men dominate the workforce. True. It is that that testosterone environment is part of capitalism and patriarchy and and across the board workplace um so much so that there is a lot there are a lot of movements in feminism and outside of feminism happening right now to counter that and to say this isn't a competition for women this is cooperation We, we you need to find your cohort and your support structure to help you in all fields like not not just the military or law enforcement okay my, my ultimate point, though, is, and you kind of cut me off there, when I've worked in social work, when it's been like 50-50, 
there's room for a lot of different types of people to kind of rise to the top. Well, I, I think it's interesting because I've worked in law enforcement and stuff like that, where there's a very limited amount of slots. It's I'm going to push you down so I can rise up. Think about the kind of work and the kind of mentality you have to have to be a social worker. Mm-hmm. It is what's on the top of that list, like for skill wise, when you th- like even even not to be like a good social worker, just to be attracted to it as a field. Like what's to your mind? What were those skills? OK, I, I, th- I think then we have to kind of go sideways there and say, why do people get involved in social work? I think what you're fishing for there is compassion. Some Empa- people, yeah, empathy, empathy, compassion, the desire to improve the, their world around them. I've met a lot of people. It's just like this is an easy field, or I've met even more that's kind of they're It's kind of like the stereotype of psychologists or psychiatrists. Uh, they're typically the craziest people in the room because they're trying to work through their own issues in a sideways way instead of getting therapy to kind of go through it. Okay. So I, there, I, I've seen good, I've seen bad, I've seen healthy, I've seen toxic. I'm just saying in law enforcement, in those environments that I've been a part of, it, it was exponentially more toxic than... Uh, it was more obvious, to, right? It, it, was, it was way more obvious than you didn't say it would have been in fields that aren't dominated by those masculine traits, like a military, yeah, sure. like, like, right. Our, like our example started in the military and, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So then this in turn got me thinking about something that's been popping up a little bit in the news lately, an organization called Nexium, okay. where, uh, several of the, uh, the higher ups have been prosecuted. Uh, for those of you who are not in the know, Nexium was a it is a multi level marketing company. So it's a, basically a pyramid scheme, but it was done so in the guise of self help. It was founded by a guy named Keith Rainier. Through the accounts that I've heard, it was a, a podcast through the uh, CBC where they interviewed uh, someone who had recently left. That uh, Mr. Rainier is a person who is a pretty obvious misogynist he is somebody who does not like women and when he does like women he he likes them for a very limited number of reasons Uh, he had set this up as a sex cult he had set this up so if you wanted to excel in this organization a you had to bring in a certain amount of money because it is near the top you know a ponzi scheme Mm -hmm. and he just wanted to make money but he also wanted to have sex so if you wanted to Excel, you had to be on a diet at all times. You had to recruit other women, and they had to be pleasing to him. And at one point, he if you wanted to go into the upper echelons, you had to get a brand. Uh, the women were told one thing, that this is a brand that shows the four elements for what they are. But, uh, oh, a physical brand, like a, like a steer brand, like a, like a pop poker brand. Okay. Like it took 45 minutes to have this seared on into the women's flesh. It was on their, um, their, uh, hip bone. Yeah. Like we would be covered up by a swimsuit. After one woman, after a couple women did it, they looked at each other's brands and then they said, oh my God, these are not symbols of the elements. That is very clearly a K that is very clearly an R. And then that is clearly an A, and that is an M. KR would be the initials of the founder, Keith Ramir. And then AM would be the founder of his uh, second-in-command, Allison Mack. Okay. Um, Were you, by chance, a fan of the show Smallville? 
I so I've I uh, no, but she plays somebody in Smallville. She she was one of the actors on Smallville. Yeah. Apparently, several of the actors um, in the uh, Vancouver, British Columbia uh, acting community had been involved in this, and she was one who really fell into this. And she is somebody who was known for recruiting women to get into this. Who uh, she was the one who devised the concept of the brand, and this is going to be Keith uh, um, Ramirez personal harem and they talked about things that were done by the men in the group and things by that were done by the women in the group uh ways of manipulating them uh the woman who was in the podcast she's talking about how she did not want to get this brand she's there she's next in line and she's freaking out she's like i've never gotten a tattoo i have no visible scars i do not want this this is not something i want on my body forever it's ugly it's painful it's taken 45 minutes and allison mack was there saying you are being indulgent this is you um being overly emotional this is you saying that you always back out of things just like women always do we need to leave this baggage behind us playing on all I can only imagine as a woman, uh, it really made me think of this when my wife was kind of enlightening me to some of the more subtle sexism in Captain Marvel that women have to hear on a very regular basis. So subsequently, she got the brand and she was one of the first people to leave the group. Uh, That's one example of uh, the things that women were subjected to by other women as a bonus episode on the P, uh, CBC podcast, by the way, the podcast is called Uncovered, and uh, season one specifically deals with Nexium. And for anyone who is interested in learning a little bit more about this, Nexium has an unusual spelling. It is spelled N X I V M. So, if anybody is interested in doing a deeper dive, please feel free to. The Wikipedia page is fascinating and terrifying. But to get back to uh, what I was saying in the bonus episode, another woman was talking about um, an experiment that she was uh, shown by, she took part of by a psychologist in the group. It was called the fear experiment. And they wanted to see specifically how women dealt with fear. And they were hooked up to electrodes, basically kind of like a um, EKG machine. And they were shown three scenes. Okay. Uh, the first one was from the film American History X where it's, a, it's an Ed Norton movie, it's a fictional movie, where the scene is Ed Norton has, um, a black man has entered into his house, he is a white supremacist, he has a very prominent swastika tattooed on his chest, and he's a very violent and dangerous man. Mm-hmm. So he's captured the man, he takes him out to the uh, sidewalk in front of his house, tells him to bite the curb, and then stomps right. the back of his head. Mm-hmm. It's a fictional movie, but it's a very graphic scene. Something mm-hmm. I've seen in affected me. And this woman was very affected by it. The second one, in my opinion, was worse. Um, Sexual violence. It's from the movie, The Accused, the Jodie Foster movie, where she goes into Mm. a bar and she's gang raped. And Mm -hmm. then subsequently she is belittled. uh, Judges won't take her case and so on. So they show the gang rape scene, which is obviously also very traumatic. And then the last scene, the psychiatrist looks at her and says, this is going to be worse. I want you to be prepared. Okay. And she said, I would like to back out now. And he gave her the lines. You always back out of things. This is something that you always do. And so on and so on. I've explained it. No need to go further. And this one was not a scene from a movie. It was a faces of death style scene of 
three women kneeling on the ground, men to the back of them, and uh, they were going to be executed. They were bare chest. They were decapitated with machetes. It was a sl slower process than you would think. And then they were mutilated after their bodies were on the ground. When the FBI got wind of this organization, so this is one of the things that they investigated. There is no evidence of any real use for this. There is no evidence that this was these experiments were being conducted for any research purposes, for anything other than we are going to make you do something that is more than distasteful, traumatizing to you, to influence you, to make you do things that we want you to do. They tried to legitimize it by saying it was like some kind of training or like part of their training for... They tried to legitimize it, legitimize it by saying we... Because ultimately this group was uh, considered to be a self-help group. And by participating in this experiment, they'd ask no men to do this. But by participating in this experiment, you will help us cure PTSD. You will help us help survivors of sexual assaults. By you doing this experiment is leading to the greater good. Pretty much. It's, it's, it's clearly just pure manipulation. Traumatizing. Well, right. Traumatizing someone so that they're easier to uh, manipulate. Right. If you can get somebody to give over hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is apparently a frequent occurrence. If you can get somebody to abandon their family, if you can get somebody to watch these horrifying videos, then you might be the type of person that would be able to be branded and engage in uh, or be a part of this man's harem at a later time. Standard cult-like behavior, right? Being able to be abused, being able to be abused and taken advantage of in extreme ways such as you know being shown horrible acts of violence mm -hmm. and being told that you're right weak for not even wanting to try to watch it or right mm -hmm. being being broken down and even i'll make this point very quick because it sounds like you have something you'd like to say too okay. but um the, the one thing that uh, they later on came on and said was uh, uh keith ramir also had a, a history of uh, pedophilia so Keeping secrets was also sure. a big part. We do sure. not talk about these things. If other people found out about these things, they would not understand, as you clearly understand because you have been selected. Right. Also, this man is a genius. This man is a guru. Why would he do these things? And so on. Right. Yeah. I've, uh, I, I, so like when you had mentioned it, I'd, I'd scanned through just some articles. I didn't get too in depth with it. It's horrifying stuff. It's interesting stuff. And it's honestly one of the very few stories that I've heard lately where we're starting to kind of get to a happy ending. Several, several of the people have gotten out of this cult. Several people have been arrested. Several people have been sentenced. Um, Keith Ramirez, he's in FBI custody. He uh, will face trial beginning on April 29th. And several of the people that uh, supported him have pleaded guilty. So things do not look good for him right now, which is good for the rest of us. And right. Also, uh, th this is all the stuff that you're saying is confirmed things that have come yes. out during uh, trials and right um, uh, interviews. Trials, with testimony, interviews. And on top of that, apparently um, they, they, they prided themselves on being a very tech savvy organization. So they recorded virtually every meeting that they had in part because you know they wanted to uh, preserve it and also in part because they wanted to have some sort of um, 
collateral, I think is what they called it, on others. Well, you engaged in this cover-up. Therefore, if you go to the authorities, we're going to let them know about this and you'll be in worse trouble than I am in right now. So there is, I think they said, roughly a terabyte of recordings about uh, things that they had planned and things that they had uh, set up. Yeah, I mean, the 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 charges of this organization range from right <laughs> sexual abuse to um, sex trafficking, um, money laundering. Yeah, racket racketeering. Um, in quotes, quotations over and over again. Expensive brainwashing. Mm-hmm. I've not recommended it recently before. Uh, it came out a long time ago. Uh, a long time ago, a couple years ago. Uh, I think it's called The Grift. It's a podcast. Okay. I think I've listened to, listened to it at your recommendation. Go ahead. Um, it's just, it's eight episodes. It was in um, to promote a book, Grift podcast. Yeah. Uh, Mary, Mary Konakova. She writes for The New Yorker. She's written best selling books. But she did. Um, Ziggy, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she, yeah. Uh, she wrote this book. I think the book is also called The Grift, but it's about cons and you know, it it, get, it talks a lot about different cults and how people get sucked into them and how 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 we at some point I think we're now, you know, especially this story, I think highlights we're now in this era where we no longer treat the survivors and the victims as rubes is the word that comes to mind, right? Like, oh, how could you have been so dumb? Suckered. Or suckered. Like, what kind of terrible place you've been in? And it's, and it's like, you know, just, you know, the, the the fact that it's, that I think that this was a multi-level market, that, that they, they said that they were multi-level marketing, that they claimed to be a multi-level marketing company, and that's how they tried to legitimize their pyramid scheme. Because mm-hmm. multi-level marketing, MLMs, are legitimate pyramid schemes. Um, yes, very much a, so. There's another good podcast that I that came out this year that I recommended before called The Dream. That's um, uh, specifically about this, uh, and yeah, and and how they like multi level marketing as a industry preys disproportionately on women. Definitely. Uh, so the fact that one was a you know. This this isn't a surprising or sensational story to me. This is yes, this is the dirty things, the horrible things people have been getting away with. Um the surprising thing for me is that people are being held accountable for it. Yeah. That people got out, people are living better lives now that they're out and and the the bad people are being held accountable. You know, because right like the uh, there's a there's another one but you know, all the stuff that's come out about, uh, you know, the R&B singer who sings about being, you know, flying higher than an eagle. Yeah, that guy, R. Kelly. Is I, oh, no, I what I didn't want to say it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had all, like, I legitimately couldn't find it. I'm like, actually, I don't need to remember it <laughs> anymore. Yeah. I don't need to say his name out loud. Um, well, we, we have a phrase in the sex offender treatment provider that, uh, that I work with uh, frequently when you challenge somebody on some pretty obvious stuff and they don't like it, they will stand up, they will pontificate, they will gesture wildly. We call that the fool R. Kelly. Oh man. So what's been getting you through this week? 
what's what so all that you've been invested in all of that this week true what'd you do you know how'd you fall asleep at night how did i fall asleep at night because that's that stuff would keep me up oh man that's this is my this is my regular day this is uh i know know. so tell us tell us tell us less uh you know lesser humans that's the wrong yeah it's definitely wrong it's the opposite of the show but that's what you know tell you know us the us who are not trained and interested so, so I, I, I think my answer is going to be a little benign here. Um, I do things that I do like. I do things that make me happy. I, I'm a runner. I enjoy running. I've got a half marathon coming up in a couple of weeks. I uh, signed my kids up for the uh, toddler trot version of the, of the race. And so they've been training with me. They're four and two. And, you know, their training's kind of like uh, hiking or running down the track a little bit and stuff like that. So that's nice. And I think kind of like, what we both have talked about when we both do is we, we look for the good things. We look for the silver linings. Um, somebody I, I'm, I'm pretty interested in is uh, uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. I, I, I'm starting to like this guy. Well, he just uh, announced I, today, yeah. yesterday? I, I believe it was today that he's officially running for president. And I, I am very interested in what he has to say. I like his approach. I, I like his politics. I like his ideas. And I like that he's able to go to toe with Pence and Trump in a way that I think will be for them to combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, they're right. This is a very wide field right now. Mm-hmm. There are maybe only two people who I out and out say, I'm like, I would never support that person. Um, I think I'm about there too. And he's one, he's somebody I was like, I, he's my dark horse. I would say he's somebody I'm very interested in and I like, and I, I'm super happy that he's risen to national attention, you know, open gay man, a mayor of a, a large city, well, a major, yeah. yeah, I mean, a major metropolitan, St. Louis, right? He's mayor of St. Louis. A veteran? No, no, of um, Indiana. It's um, South Bend, I believe. Okay, so a, a American city. Yeah, you're right. For some reason, I had St. Louis in my head, but St. Louis is way is way bigger than South Bend, I believe. I think you're right, too, but... From the right, but also right, veteran Midwest. Uh, yeah, he's a, he uh, his his mask, his identity is is I think very appealing to uh, a, a wide variety of people. Because when I like think about support and I think about politics, the other the people who I policy wise agrees with or mm-hmm. more ideologically see eye to eye with, but then there's also the folks like who here not only represents something progressive, but also represents something central, right? Like Obama. I, I yeah. did, I did not, Obama by no means was a progressive person. I think a lot of people thought he was for no reason. I think it was just a lot of an excitement of a campaign, a presidential campaign of a young African American, you know, young in quotes, but a younger mm-hmm. African American politician, uh, who was liberal, who was Democrat. Um, but, was a centrist, you know, was, was a moderate, fell, fell middle of the road. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I'm excited because Pete Buttigieg, 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 say it one more time. Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. He's America's mayor now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I too am excited about him. Even if he doesn't get the nomination, even if he doesn't go as far as maybe I would like him to at this moment, 
I love that there is a very serious gay man that is running for president. I, I think this is going to generate a conversation in this country, and maybe maybe we can just clear this hurdle and move on. Right, especially since we have a vice president right now who is very, very mm. anti-LGBTQ. Very, yes. And and president also very anti- right. I mean, a very, very anti-LGBTQ administration. I was just going to ask you that. Do you think he is or isn't? Trump? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, there's there's thought and deed and action, right, Todd? So Kinda, by, yeah. by deed, he is. They're definitely, he definitely does not target them the same way he targets, you know. Other minorities. Other minorities, other. I mean, he's obviously anti-trans. He, he's come out against that. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you pick on one of us, you pick on all of us. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, so I would say he is. On, okay. a, on a scale from Trump to Pence. it it doesn't matter at that point it doesn't matter to me if you're like ideologically a bible thumper who has said oh gay convert you know people should do gay conversion therapy you shouldn't be in the same room with somebody of the opposite sex if you're alone Mm -hmm. and like i said mask is how is the word that comes to mind public face way that he presents himself isn't necessarily, you know, it's this whole thing. It, 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 to me, it's like splitting the hairs of, oh, I'm not saying a racist thing because I'm not yeah. saying something directly anti-Muslim or anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I would be shocked if it came out that Trump wasn't anti-gay. But I, I'm honestly having a hard time at this moment thinking of a specific thing yeah. he said that is... I- homophobic other than this trans stuff i think he's just kind of like oh that's gross that's icky i don't want anything to do with it i mean but that that is homophobia you're absolutely right yeah it it is but it's not it's not the capital h that i think i I would expect from him but then it doesn't matter no it doesn't right it's like you know i say i I think you the well (laughs) the same cannot be said for women about him but it's like right like his the hateful things he's specific, the capital H hateful things he said about women have been behind closed doors on tape, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and yes, his deeds and actions are very sexist, but I think the, the same, right? This, the same, this hair that you're trying to split, I think, right? He, you can apply the same thing to him to about a lot of people. I mean, yeah. you could apply it to about African Americans too. Oh, he's clearly hates them. Well, <laughs> but Kanye was in the White House with him and Jim Brown. And Amarosa. Yeah. And the Central Park Five. And, and Red, well, uh, and again, and, that, I think, and again, I think that's splitting, that's now, right, this is now the splitting hairs thing where it's like, no, I think he hates, right, I, I do think he's anti, he's anti-diversity. He's a, he's a white supremacist through and through. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I think to like, be like, does he really hate gay people? Does he think about it? I don't think he thinks right. Like, I, I, does he hate women? I don't think he it ever. Does he hate black people? I don't think it ever goes that far in his head. And we've talked that way about it before, which I think is mm-hmm. one of the problems we have with that kind of masculinity Trump presents mm-hmm. that excites people is that he doesn't think about it. And it's like, well, as long as you and the message is, well, as long as you don't think about it, you're fine, right? As long as you don't admit to having a bias or trying to see the ways you're biased against some other person you're fine right yeah that is just terrible person through and through yeah oh uh, yeah 
I mean, there are a lot. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> he's more terrible than most. Uh, uh, it's terrible. He, it's just like he's bad. He's, and so that's what's been that's bad? that's what's been getting you through this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg, looking for the silver linings, it's the Mr. Rogers thing, you know, and uh, at a time of crisis, you look for the helpers. Right now, Pete Buttigieg seems like he's a helper. It's, uh, I didn't really have, I didn't really have anything specific for this, the end of the show this week, but you, you, that's one thing that did go through my mind, um, today while I was thinking about it. And as you were talking, um, were people like, you just said his name, Fred Rogers. Oh, Fred Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> well, and people like people who are masculine icon. Like we talked about this last week and or two weeks ago, and we couldn't land on a good example. And you pull and you said Jimmy Stewart, and mm-hmm. I think even more so, like Fred Rogers. Yeah, is an example of how being empathetic and being sensitive and being caring is a masculine trait. Um, for some reason, the only other one that's coming through my head right now is a fictional character of a terrible series of movies, um, but that are, well, are popular, uh, Newt Scamander. Okay. Yeah. They're not real good. Of the terrible beasts and where to find them. The, the, the mm-hmm. funny, the funny, the funny monsters about he, how he is right. He's a caring, kind person, um, who's interested in taking care of raising it like and he's he's the star of that movie right he's the hero Mm -hmm. quote unquote of those movies i got one for you bob ross bob ross yeah do you know much about bob ross's history uh wasn't he like wasn't he a military sniper with fred rogers in in vietnam no he was an air force drill instructor and he had done that for i want to say close to 20 years which at that point you can qualify for a pension and my understanding, I could be wrong, forgive me if I am, is he quit before his, he was eligible for his pension because he said uh, it just made no sense to yell at people because their shoes weren't perfectly clean. And he hated it. And he hated what he was doing. So he wanted to become the thing that he enjoyed. And he, he created art. And actually, um, he, when he did the show on PBS, he opted not to take a salary hmm. because he said, you know, this is important. And Maybe you know a little uh, astutely. He said, I, "Honestly, if I just sell art supplies, I'll be I'll make the money I need to do that." So interesting guy. Put a lot of good stuff out in the world. Taught people that uh, by practice you can become better. And if you don't like what you're doing, you can leave it behind. Yeah, and right, you don't. There are other there are other ways to be a man. Definitely, <laughs> there are other ways to have a penis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them is to be you know on the forefront of doing ASMR. Mm-hmm. Talking in a True. very calm, cool, smooth voice that might hit a little a little pleasure center of your brain. I will never understand that. Ta- <laughs> that we could talk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll uh, talk about. It you don't like you. You don't even like being hugged. Uh, so you don't want to be hugged, right? You don't want to get a hug by somebody's voice either. So nope. that that tracks, right? ASMR is like a vocal hug. Yeah, it's not not for me. No, thank um, you. Well. Todd, thank you for conversing with me this week and taking time. Uh, is Game of Thrones already on? Do you need to run? It is, it is on, and uh, I'm going to go downstairs and watch it with my wife before uh, we go to bed tonight. Tape delay? You don't want, you don't, you're going to watch the tape delay? We have it on DVR, so we'll, we'll be able to fast forward past the opening. Uh, I wanted to really talk about Game of Thrones tonight, but we'll have the next six weeks, I guess. 
True. Yeah. To talk about it. I just think it's funny that, you know, it's like, here's this horrible shit in the world. Now let me go watch some fictionalized horrible shit. Ah, fictionalized is easy to deal with. You can turn it off and it goes away. The other stuff just doesn't. Right. You know you're going to wake up tomorrow and that... How do you say it again? Nixvimi? Nixavim? Nexium. Nexium. <laughs> you know, you're right. You're going to wake up tomorrow. You can't turn that shit off. So... No. All right, man. Well, have a good night. This has been Mansplay Nation, a 100% audience-supported show. Thank you for your support, audience. We, we we know you're out there listening, and we do very much appreciate it. Thank you to the artist Color for the use of our theme song, Freed from Greed. You can find that song off their album, Trinity. You can find more of their work at Color.com. As always, please check the show notes for any links or references to articles that I might choose to put in, as well as a link directly to Color's website. Remember... Don't put yourself in a 